The Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers Standard here rolling along. Kellen Gersky and Jacob Recht along with you. And thank you as always for listening, whether it's on Steeler.com or Steeler Nation Radio, wherever it is you get your podcast. We greatly appreciate that. Um, Jacob, one of the things that we've been doing here since Tom has been out is that we've done the all-time standard and we've ranked um, you know, position groups in the longer that we've gone on here, the, the more difficult it's become oh, yeah. because of the fact, well, I mean, when you look at the wide receivers, um, excuse me, the wide receivers, you kind of had to make it into pass catchers to make Keith Miller there because there hasn't been a long list of spectacular tight ends here in in, in this in Steeler history. And not that there hasn't been a ton of great defensive backs, you know, corners, um, safeties here in Pittsburgh because there absolutely has been. It's just hard to separate it's very one hard. group from the other. And I think part of that's because, you know, back in the day, yes, it says, uh, if, for example, Mel Blunt here, I'm just looking on pro football reference. It says RCB. Okay, that that's great. And then you look at uh, Donnie Shell, who's a, a safety, and then Rod Woodson, PR. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, he wasn't a punt returner. But what what I'm what I'm saying is, then you look at Jack Butler, who who's second all time in Steelers history in interceptions. RDH, I don't even know what that position is. I, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. It's tough because of the fact that you know there's so many different schemes back then. And yes, I know that there were safeties. I know that there was a free safety. I know that there was probably a strong safety back then. But there's just different terminologies and. I think the best way to do this and to encapsulate some of the best defensive backs in Steelers history is to just do defensive backs as a whole. I know that you're, you know, we might leave off, uh, you know, a, a great Steeler safety. Um, one that comes to my mind right away is probably Ryan Clark. I don't yeah. know if he's going to make. I mean, I, I know who's not making mine, and it's it's just because I was nowhere near that era as Jack Butler. I know you just said he's yeah. second all time in, in and interceptions. That's impressive, but I mean that was in an era way before the Steelers dynasties ever started. This is in the fifties, not even yeah. the sixties. Right that, before, yeah. This is this is a long time ago, and yeah. so I I really don't know enough to really give Jack Butler his credit. I'll. Given the credit by including his name on the just in the conversation, yeah. But in terms of my top five, I'm not going to put him in there just because I I really can't attest to it. No, I hear you there. And again, it's a little difficult too when you know you go back and there's a lot of them RDHs on here as I look on Pro Football uh, Reference. But let's dive right in. I know I normally start my list off at five, Jacob. Why don't you give uh, your number five to start? My number five. I don't know if. A lot of people are going to be upset at me or or not, but I'm going to go Mike Wagner here. So when you talk about and and we can talk about all the the Steelers safeties or cornerbacks that we that we saw growing up, Kellen. But to me, Mike Wagner was just as integral of a piece in those Steelers '70s defenses as anyone. I mean, obviously that you had the the actual big names in Lambert and and Blunt. But still, to me, I I, still, I I hear about the defense overall, and Mike Wagner's name is never left out of the conversation. And so I think it's really 
it he really deserves the credit for being a, another just solid, solid piece. I mean, if there was no Mike Wagner, obviously the Steelers dynasty could have still happened. But still, I mean, it's just a, such a credit to that defense overall that they were able to have a guy like Mac, Mike Wagner and barely mention his name along the along the likes of guys like the like the all time all time greats. Yeah, I have Mike Wagner at five two. Okay, there you um, go. Uh, you know, I think he's. Uh, kind of, I don't want to say an unsung hero. I think hero might be a little too hard, um, you know, of a of a way to go there. Um, but when you look at his career numbers, you know, he had 36 interceptions. Um, he started in 116 games. Um, he played from 71 to 1980 with the Steelers. He was a two-time Pro Bowler, a four-time Super Bowl champ. As you said, um, you know, he was a part of some fantastic Steelers defenses at that point in time. And you know, as you mentioned, Jacob, he's not necessarily the guy that you think of right off the top. He's not exactly the guy that that comes to mind right away when you think Steelers defensive backs. But I do, I do agree with you in the fact that he probably, you know, he deserves some recognition there. Um, I definitely agree. Um, and I think, you know, as you said, this is kind of difficult for us because we've never seen him play. Um, but at the same time. When I think it says a lot, the fact that we never saw him play, and he's not a big name. He's not Mel Blunt. Like I said, he's not Jack Ham. He's not Jack Lambert. He's not Joe Green. But we still know his name just as well as everyone else's. Yep. I think that's a huge testament to him. Yes, he wasn't. He's not considered an all-time great like the other four guys I just mentioned. But to the Steelers, he's an all-time great. Yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why more. I put him at number five. Yeah, I have him at five as well. Um, let's go uh, Let's go to number four here. Number four, I got Donnie Shell. Oh, have him a little, a little low. I know. It's just because the other three guys I have ahead of him, I, I can't move them from the top three. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I mean, I I have Donnie Shell. Um, at three, I mean, when you talk about Donnie Shell for um, anybody that watched football back then, I mean, really, when, when you talk about, I'm sure that the first, or not the first, the next couple guys um, that we'll talk to from this era, there's one that really comes to mind. They they changed the rules for these guys. Uh, yeah, they changed the rules because of these guys, because they were so dominant, because they were so good. Um, when you look at Donnie Shell, um, you know, when you look at his career numbers, 51 career interceptions. Um, that is good for third all-time in Steelers history. Um, that should say a lot in itself there mm -hmm. because of the fact that, um, you know, there's only two guys in front of him, and one is uh, on both of our lists, obviously. Um, but when you look at his accolades as, as a professional football player, he was a five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, a four-time Super Bowl champ, and he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And, oh, he, by the finally, way— Finally, finally, rightfully yeah, right. so, given that Hall of Fame distinction yeah. because— he was one of the names. I mean, I just talked about Mike Wagner. Mike Wagner, not a Hall of Famer. I think a lot of Steelers fans could tell you he may be deserving of that just because of his consistency over that entire decade of the 70s. But there's there's no doubt that any longer, any any further that we that we ventured into the future where Donnie Shell didn't make the Hall of Fame was just a bad look for the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, he was, I mean, far too long. There's no doubt about it. Um, and oh, by the way, they... When when they change the rules because of you, mm -hmm. um, and because of one of your other running mates that we'll get to, um, 
you're you're in that sort of lore. You know what I mean? Of like course. that's something that goes along with it. And oh, by the way, he played in 201 career games, started yeah. 162 of them. Um, I mean, and played his entire career with the Steelers from 1974 to 1978. Um, he played what 13 years in the NFL, and you know, in his last year in the league, still played 13 games and started 13 games. Only had one interception, but still, I mean, obviously, as we said, he's one of the 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 best defensive backs in Steelers history. Obviously, he's one of the best in NFL history, or he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, it, it really was just a tragedy, almost. You can consider it that he hadn't been in the Hall of Fame up until just last year, and we still haven't even seen his ceremony because of COVID nineteen yeah. the pandemic. So it's going to be a real treat when, especially it's the Steelers playing the Hall of Fame game against the Cowboys, the team that the Steelers beat twice in the in the seventies to two Super Bowl wins that Donnie Shell was a part of. So I think it's going to be a real treat that Donnie Shell is going to be able to be there finally enshrined in the Hall of Fame alongside several other Steelers that weekend. I, I, I mean, this guy really, I, I, it's so hard to believe growing up, hearing about him, that he, when when I was born and when I was starting to be a, become a fan of the Steelers, you know, I heard all about all the Hall of Famers that made that made or all the Steelers that made the Hall of Fame from the seventies teams. And it was it was so weird to me that Donnie Shell wasn't a part of that. Considering yeah. all that I heard and all that I had seen from footage, I couldn't believe that this guy wasn't in there alongside so many of his teammates. But now thankfully the NFL has righted that wrong that was that had lasted for for way too long and he's now a part of the Hall of Fame. It's it's so nice to see that he's getting the recognition that he nationally that he he so much deserves. Okay, so so far uh, we both have Mike Wagner at five, you have Mel Blunt at four, right? No, I or Donnie Shell. Sorry, Donnie Shell. Donnie Shell at four. Um, and then so I have to give my fourth. I have Donnie Shell at three. Uh, my fourth. This is kind of a. I don't know, kind of a cheap one, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, but I think this guy got kind of a bad rap here in Pittsburgh, and you might know where I'm going with this, Jacob. I'm going with, like, Taylor at number four. Wow. Um, listen, I know that he didn't – I mean, he had hands of stone, um, and he wasn't a – you know, he wasn't a, a, a pro bowler. Hell, wasn't even an all-pro. But when you talk about the Steelers, I, I think Ike Taylor was a fantastic Steeler. Um, he's 23rd all-time in passes defended – 134 um and again i know that he didn't catch many interceptions and that's the one knock i think that you could come up uh when you talk about ike taylor i think he was fantastic for the steelers he was consistent for the steelers he was a really good corner for a long time and again i know that he wasn't an all pro he wasn't a pro bowler and again you got to think too his rookie year was 2003 he and he retired in 2014 from that stretch and really from 05 you know 06 on um, was really when he kind of yeah, hit his stride. Two-time Super Bowl champion. When you think of the 2000 yeah. Steelers, you think of Ike Taylor. Yeah, I mean, he's part of it. There, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. And, and you got to think, too, there were some really, really good corners in the league at that oh, point yeah. in time, too, um, that he was going against for, you know, all pro, pro bowls, things like that. And, oh, by the way, I think the one thing that worked against Ike was the fact that he didn't have a lot of interceptions, and he dropped a yeah. lot of interceptions. Um, he didn't put up the gaudy numbers, um, you know, that, you know, maybe a Pro Bowl guy or an all pro guy could do because of that. Um, mm-hmm. And he again, he was still consistent, um, you know, had 636 tackles, 518 solos, had eight TFLs, 
Um, you know, I, I mean, he, he had three sacks in his career, too. It's not something that corners normally do. Mm-hmm. But I, I not that you can't write the Steelers history without Ike Taylor because you can. And I think it's a little biased because he's one of the only guys on this list. There's one other guy that we both saw play that obviously is on our list. But I think Ike Taylor gets a bad rap here. Uh, not a bad rap, but he... I mean, he, he he's harshly criticized because of those drops that he had consistent. I mean, we talked about how consistently he was at a cover corner. Yeah. But still, the, the drops were as consistent yeah. his, as his quality of play was. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's, again, that's one of the criticisms that you can give me on Ike Taylor. And, yeah, I'll shake my head and say, yeah, I know. I watched it. I know that he didn't have good hands. But again, um, you know, I know he didn't catch it, but you know, the ball hitting the ground when it's thrown to you is a, a plus for mm-hmm. a wide receiver for a corner, I should say. Um, that's why they sometimes say that um, you know, cornerbacks are wide receivers that couldn't catch the ball. That's mm-hmm. what some of them turn out to be. And I, th- <laughs> I think you can't really get much better to talking yeah. about that than when you go to Ike Taylor. So and, um, and he and he personas personified the steel curtain toughness yeah he he really embodied that for them and it was great to see that i have a question for you Uh moving forward is there only one other 2000s deck or era defensive back remaining on your list there is yeah okay so do you want to talk about maybe some of the guys that we grew up watching yeah yeah yeah. because i I loved ike taylor but he wasn't he didn't make my top five so if you want to start i'll i'll let you take the floor um take the stand the one guy that comes to mind um Right off the top is a guy that I mentioned that we um, both don't have on our list. I don't believe you have him on your list is Ryan Clark. Yeah, Ryan Clark um, did not make mine, but he, he boy, was, did I love watching he was, that Yeah, game. I mean, he was so consistent, and I know that his style of play, he would have— Upset people. Yeah, and he yeah. definitely had to make some adjustments to mm-hmm. his style of play, obviously. His style of play would not last no, right not now. now. No, Only uh, a decade later from when he kind of fell off. Yeah. It, it would not it would not be acceptable. No, uh, but he did have a really good career here, did Ryan Clark. I mean, he had a good oh, yeah. professional career. He, w- I mean, he was only around for the one Super Bowl in 2008. Yep. But still, he was one of the biggest names in that defense. Uh, I mean, the, the, fr- the only, not the only two things, but the first two things that come to mind when I think of Ryan Clark are the hit on Wes Welker and the 2008 regular season game in New England when he absolutely bodied Wes Welker over the cross over the middle of the field and then the exact same play later that year AFC Championship game Willis McGahee the game was basically over Troy Polamalu already had his pick six to kind of lock in that win Baltimore just had the ball with a couple minutes remaining Joe Flacco dumps it over to Willis McGahee over the middle of the field. Ryan Clark is there waiting for him. Injures himself on the play, yeah, too. But yeah. those two plays are what really, I think, many Steelers fans are the first two to come to mind when you think of Ryan Clark. And he was a pro bowler, one-time pro bowler in Pittsburgh, yeah. too, um, in 2011. He didn't get to the Steelers until 2006 when he was 27 years old. Uh, his first four years, he was with the Giants from 02 to 03, with Washington from 04 to 05 and then played the next eight years with the Steelers and then mm-hmm. finished his career in Washington his last year. Yeah, I mean... Other guys... I mean, I love Ryan Clark, and yeah. we got to move on because we still have our top three remaining. But other guys that come to mind... other I mean, I loved Ryan Clark, and I loved Ike Taylor, but Deshae Townsend, of mm-hmm. course, is probably the next guy up for yeah. me. Okay. Do you wanna, I mean, maybe Joe Hayden, if, if he sticks mm-hmm. around for a little bit longer, does he eventually make a, a Steelers Hall ah. of Honor? I may be a Steelers Hall of Honor, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough because, you know, he, he kind of got him on the back end of his career. Right. And it's been really good. It's been very good. Um, a yeah, lot better than know. what you thought you were getting him for when yeah. he was kind of 
on what seemed a downtrend toward the end of his tenure in Cleveland. Yeah, no, I, I hear you there. Um, another guy, too, um, Dwayne Woodruff. Um, I, I know that, that you know, he probably, I don't know, we didn't see him play. He's, what, the fourth or fifth all-time in interceptions. He played from 79 to 90. That's another guy. I know he's not in that um, time frame that we're talking sure, yeah. about. But uh, that's that's one for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's some I think guys we, that I think we've we, left off. As, as great as the 70s were, the 2000 Steelers also had their fair share of, of, of very good defensive yeah. backs. No doubt. No doubt. We're moving um, along to number yeah. three now. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go? Do you want to take the lead? Oh, you already mentioned I, your number yeah, three Donnie guy. Shell, yeah. So my number three guy, to me, this is where it gets to be tricky, but I'm going to go with the guy that I saw. I'm going to put the guy I actually saw ahead of this guy. I'm going to go number three. I'm going to go Rod Woodson here. Okay. Rod Woodson, to me, was maybe the saving grace for the 90s teams, the 90s defenses. Yes, we, we in later episodes, we'll talk about the tandem of Greg Lloyd and, and right. Kevin Green, right, right. but it was really it was Rod Woodson who was the best player on those defenses. And the one thing that always comes to mind when you think about Rod Woodson and his, and his time during Pittsburgh, it wasn't even the time he spent playing. It was the season that he missed. It was week one in 1995 when he went down with an ACL injury ACL injury, missed the entire season, and still somehow managed to go on this recovery plan and was able to play in Super Bowl 30 just, what, five months later after suffering a serious ACL injury? That is toughness to me. That embodies exactly what you think of when you think of steel toughness, Steelers defense. Rod Winston, to me, I mean, yes, it, it it was a little bitter to see him leave for for a team like Baltimore, a division rival, wasn't really a rival at the time, but obviously grew into one. But to me, I mean, I, I, I think Rod Woodson is the best defensive player in between the 2000s teams and the 1970s, uh, 1970s dynasty. Yeah, I have a, I completely agree with you. I have a little confession. I wrote Rod Woodson's name down. I didn't put him in my list. I don't know oh, how I didn't do okay. that. I just forgot, I guess. Um, so I guess the guy I'd take out is probably Mike Wagner. Nothing against him. Okay. But, um, yeah, I'd probably put um, Woodson at probably three, and I'd probably move. I don't know why I didn't put him. I have him written down here, and I just didn't put That's him in right. my list. I don't know why. But when you look at Rod Woodson, I think, as you said, um, his resume speaks for itself. He was 11-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, a Super Bowl champion. He was on the All-1990s team. A he Super was Bowl a, champion, not with the Steelers, but no. still a Super Bowl champion nonetheless. Yes, and he was a 93 AP defensive yeah. uh, player he was, of the he year. He was just as good with the Baltimore Ravens when he won that Super Bowl as he was when he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. I mean, he played, what, for the Steelers for 10 years. Um, I mean, he was fantastic. He that that has to be one of the worst. I mean, you can you can throw up Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell just because of the way they left, but that has to be one of the hardest people to have let to have seen not return to a Steelers uniform yeah. and in the franchise's history is Rod Woodson when uh, he made that transition off the team. It, it, such a blow. I mean, yeah. such a blow. I mean, you look at the '93 season when he was um, AP Defensive Player of the Year. Um, he started in all 16 games, had eight picks, had a touchdown, forced two fumbles. Um, I think he he recovered one of those fumbles too. Um, and obviously, tackles wasn't exactly. It says he has 95 combined tackles. It didn't say anything about solo or assisted tackles or anything like that. But uh, when you're AP Defensive Player of the Year. Um, that really does tell you something. I think Rod Woodson is one of the best corners or defensive backs in Steelers history. There's no doubt. And as you said, Jacob, I know that it doesn't 
It doesn't really matter what he did once he left the Steelers, but you know he he was still he was still just as good. Right, he yeah. was still just but he as was good. great when he was a Steeler. Yeah, absolutely he was. great. But moving on, I, I said I, I put Rod Woodson number three, which I, I can see a lot of people having a, a problem yeah. with because he was that good. Yeah. But at number two, I have Troy Polamalu. I put Troy number two because I saw Troy play. I didn't see Rod Woodson play. And I don't even know if I need to make the case for Troy Polamalu. He's no. just He's that good. No, he's He's fantastic. one of the best NFL players to ever play. He's one of the best defensive backs to ever play. Yeah, and he just – I think the one thing that you'll hear a lot when we talk about Troy – I actually – uh, spoiler alert, I have Troy at number one just because okay. – and, and that's nothing against Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt is fantastic, and I'm sure he's your number one, and we'll get to him in a second. But um, the thing about Troy for me is that he completely redefined the way yeah. that, that he changed the positions the played. And not to say that, that Mel Blunt didn't because right. he did in his own way, but it was – you know they changed the rules for Mel Blunt and for Donnie Shell, which they absolutely did, and they definitely changed the game. But Troy just did it in such a different way. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. him and Ed Reed are the two molds that you look at and say those two dudes completely changed the way that safety's played. Um, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, when you look at Troy's accolades, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. We all know that, and, and rightfully so. An eight-time Pro Bowler, a four-time Hall Pro, a two-time Super Bowls champ. Um, he was on the All-Decades team for the 2000s and was 2010 AP Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I mean, that was, I think, his best year of his career. I mean, it was a legendary-type career for Troy Polamalu that year in 2010. Um, and, again, I, I know it's it's a little biased because I saw Troy, Palama- Troy Polamalu play, but it's just, for me, like, when you look at guys that completely change the way that their position is played. It's perceived, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in the way that it's Can perceived. Be played, yeah. I mean, you look at, I'm sure, every guy in the league right now and I know that this isn't, you know, exactly the conversation that we're having, but every defensive player in the league right now, safety model their game, either A, after Troy Polamalu or B, after Ed Reed. Th- those are the two go- dudes that, that they grew up watching um, that are in the league right now. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, there is no better f- battle than, even though they were on the same side of the ball, so they never went head-to-head, than watching Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu yeah, try to right. one-up each other. Yeah. And uh, they both got their due. I mean... I don't. I don't know if Ed Reed ever won a Defensive Player of the Year. We obviously know Troy Polamalu did in 2010, the year they lost the Super Bowl uh, to to the Packers. But still, I mean, you you talk about impact on the franchise. You cannot write the history of the NFL or the franchise without mentioning, alongside Ed Reed's name, Troy Polamalu's name. Yep. And just real quick, Ed Reed did win Defensive Player oh, of the Year in 04. Okay, there you um, go. So yeah, I mean, they. It's amazing how close the two of them are like when you look at the all pros and the the super bowl champs and the you know what mm-hmm. i mean like it, they're eerily similar ed reed and troy palomalo i know that's not where we're going but i just wanted to make that point that like it, it is you know it those are two of the best safeties ever um and i think troy definitely fits that mold and i mean you go back to so many iconic moments that troy palomalo had i mean you, you, the list goes on and on. You mentioned one already in the AFC Championship game where he picked off Flacco for the touchdown. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, you want to talk about iconic moments, even though it didn't come in the Super Bowl. It may be equally iconic to the James Harrison interception return, yeah. the San Antonio Holmes touchdown, the Heinz Ward touchdown catch from Antoine Winterell. Those were all Super Bowl plays. This was not. Yeah, 
and this still may have been like the happiest people yeah. Steelers fans have ever been when it didn't come to winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, it sealed the AFC Championship game pretty much. I mean, that defense, 2008, fantastic, was probably the best defense outside of the 70s in an individual year. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, if not better than some years in the 70s themselves. Yeah, and and then on top of that, you know, you think back to him, uh, you know. Uh, jumping over the pile and sacking a quarterback or yeah. you know, the one-handed interception week one against Tennessee. Against Tennessee I can't remember year, what year that was. It was the year but... after they won Super Bowl forty three. Okay. I mean, it was the just... home opener, the season opener for the entire NFL. Uh, I mean, there are there are images that come to head immediately when you think of Troy Polamalu. Like you said, the jumping over the, the, the offensive line against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, sacking Kerry Collins. I mean, so many different plays that he is known for, and they're yeah. all different. Right. They're yeah, all yeah. different. Another one that comes to mind, too, that I love to talk about is in 2008 against, at the time, the San Diego Chargers, a, a tip ball, and the ball literally looks like it's it's touching the ground except for he, he just swoops his hand under there, mm-hmm. and it's one of the greatest catches offensively by a receiver or, or defensively by, by uh, an, an, on an interception, one of the greatest catches you'll ever, ever, ever see. Yeah, I mean, he, and again, he just completely redefined the way the game is played. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's no doubt in the way that the, the, way that the position is played um, did Troy Polamalu. But uh, let's move on to your number one, my number two. Yeah, my Mel number Blunt. one, your number two is Mel Blunt and – this only comes – I mean, I love Troy Polamalu. He's probably my favorite stealer of all time, regardless if I've seen him or not. Right. But I think Mel Blunt is the single best defensive back, safety, or corner to ever play. To ever play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, his, his resume speaks for itself. Five-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro, four-time Super Bowl champ. He was on the 1980s, the, the All-1980s team, was 1975 Defensive Player of the Year and obviously a Hall of Famer. Um, he has an unbelievable career. He played from 70 to, uh, to 83, all with the Steelers. Um, he has 57 interceptions. Um, that's first all-time in Steelers history. Um, and, you know, played the cornerback position, too. He was seeing a lot more, um, you know, one-on-one coverage, which, you know, I guess if you bring in the interception conversation to it when you talk about Troy, played safety, didn't, you know, have the, the same – one-on-one type right plays against wide sure. receivers um not saying that it's you know it's not as impressive or anything uh-huh. like that but mel blunt was unbelievable uh, i mean again i mentioned it before with donnie shell i've mentioned it a couple times but they changed the rules for yeah. the, because of these guys yeah. and it was i mean as much credit as i want to give to donnie shell it was really mel blunt right it, it uh, is the, them, it is yeah. the mel blunt rule essentially when it when it when it gets boiled down to yeah. it mel blunt i i mean you see you see the archive footage of him throwing guys down as soon as the ball is snapped. That would never be allowed today, but that's no. be- that's because of Mel right, Blunt. Right. But it's so entertaining to watch because it didn't matter how big he was, how big the guy was, he was going up against. That guy was getting thrown to the ground yep. every single time. Mel Blunt was a force in the secondary. In my opinion, he is the greatest member. Uh, or the the greatest defensive player in the secondary, regardless of corner or safety, to ever 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 play the game. And he, look, he is the greatest. No, and, I, and honestly, I know I have Troy at one, but I can't argue with you. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, that's that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. because a lot of people will say too that Rod Woodson was was better than was was better than yeah. um, 
Uh, I'm sorry. Mel Blunt. <laughs> no, I just had a, a frog in my throat oh. there. Was better than Mel, was better than Mel Blunt. Yeah. People are going to say that. And that's totally fair because Ron Woodson was so dynamic. Mm-hmm. He was so he was such a ball hog. He, he, I think at the time he may have finished with the most retired with the most interceptions or at least top three or top five. Something I don't think Troy or Mel Blunt ca- kind of came close to. But Mel Blunt was the definitely better ball hog than the two of them were. Uh, but still, I mean, when you consider Troy's ability to create from nothing on the defensive side of the ball, and then you 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 consider the one-handed catches and the diving catches and the jumping over the the off or the offensive line and line of scrimmage, and then you consider how dominant um, Mel Blunt was just o- over any receiver he went up against. Yeah. I think you could you can make the argument for any of these guys being one, two, or three. But in my opinion, I hold Mel Blunt as the number one defensive back of all time and so i can't not if i say that i can't not put him right. on my number one no, I hear in you. steelers history yep and i mean when you mentioned woodson there when he retired uh interceptions he finished third all time there you go yeah uh, i think he has 71 interceptions yeah. 38 of them with the steelers but when you look at mel blunt his entire career was with the steelers mm-hmm. and he's got 57 interceptions he's the career leader that's pretty close. in yeah, interceptions that's pretty close. um for the pittsburgh steelers that tells you something about mm-hmm. mel blunt and the player that he was you know i have i have him at two you have him at one i mean there's really you no can wrong i would answer. say you can make the argument for any of those three guys yeah. troy woodson mel yeah. any of them yeah I, I, I think you're right i think you can make an argument for anybody there um i don't think anyone could really right. argue with you yeah. one way or the other this was a this was a really fun episode yeah. because these these three guys are not just all-time Steelers greats, but they're all-time greats. Right. I mean, and all they're three of them are Hall of Famers. All of them are all-time greats. Yeah. And yeah. when you're in the Hall of Fame, that's kind of, you know, the connotation that, that is with you. You are an all-time great, no doubt about it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Um, for my partner, Jacob Recht, I'm Kellen Gursky. We thank you, as always, for listening uh, to uh, the Steelers Standard, whether it's on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or whether it's on the uh, Steeler Nation radio We appreciate that as well. We will come back to you here later this week for some more episodes, but that'll do it for this week's, and uh, we'll talk to you next time.